Hello, hello. Testing one, two, three. Good evening, everybody. Okay. Okay, raise your hand if you're here. Okay, almost everybody. Raise your hand if you're thankful this AC is working. There we go. All right. Um, yes, praise the Lord, the AC is working. Um, tonight is a super special night, right? And I love nights like tonight because we are having a baptism. I love it when we get to baptize people. Um, it's such a neat and wonderful event. Um, so thankful and excited for that. A couple of weeks ago, we had a baby dedication. Now we have a baptism, right? This is uh, just an exciting season. Um, but before we dive into tonight, we've got a couple of announcements. Um, we'll be at not Chick-fil-A tonight. This is a little test of the dinner broadcasting system. Um, we'll be just across the hallway, so um, we won't buy any Chick-fil-A tonight, but we'd love to get a plate with you and, and hang out. So there is another youth night coming up. It's been like youth night bonanza the last few weeks. Uh, there's another uh, youth night coming up. That's August 11th from 6 to 9 p.m. at, is that Bow Field? B oh, that makes more sense. Uh, BUA Field. Um, Karina age groups or sixth grade and up. Okay. Um, are, are the adults able to play or just watch? Okay. Okay. So if you need more info, talk to Kevin or Karina, uh, but that is August 11th. Um, also one more quick announcement. Um, if you don't know, Isaac will be getting baptized tonight. And there are some cards and pins at the back table, kind of next to the sound booth. If you'd like to write a note of encouragement or a favorite Bible verse or uh, whatever you would want to encourage uh, Isaac, uh, please feel free to, to fill one of those out after service. So tonight, uh, we're going to talk about baptism. And we're just going to be working through these big points. Um, uh, for Christianity across the globe, baptism can be kind of a debated thing, but uh, tonight it's, it's a pretty, pretty simple thing. Uh, the big idea for tonight is baptism, getting dunked in the water and raised up, uh, doesn't save you. It, there's nothing special in the water. There's nothing special about the feed trough we use. I mean, the baptismal that we use, um, right? It, it doesn't save you, right? But a person that is saved that says, yes, I want to trust and follow Jesus, right? it's just an act of obedience. And, and baptism is a symbol right, and a reminder of some things that have happened in our lives and some things that will happen. Um, if you're looking for a biblical example of, well, why doesn't baptism save, right? Somebody said you have to be baptized. And um, does anybody remember... When Jesus was crucified, was anybody punished or crucified with him? Right? There, was, there was someone on either side, right? They were the two thieves on the cross. Right? And one thief mocked Jesus, said, hey, if you're really Jesus, save us and get us off this cross. And the other thief, he said, hey, don't you know who you're talking to? Like, you and I, have, we've done our peace, and we've gotten justice. 
this Jesus guy, he didn't do anything wrong. And he looked at Jesus and said, you know, basically, will you save me? And Jesus said, yes. Jesus said, today, as he was hanging on the cross, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Uh, This is from Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? This thief knew enough to know that Jesus was God. There was something about Jesus that was in relation to God. He knew enough to know that. Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And he said to him, Jesus, remember me when, we, when you come into your kingdom. And he, Jesus, said to him, truly I say to, do, to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Right, so Jesus wasn't able to baptize that guy before he died. There was no baptism for that man. And yet Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, for better or for worse, whenever someone, men- someone mentions baptism, uh, there's a particular movie I think of. And I hope I don't lose too many people here. Um... Has anybody seen the movie Nacho Libre? Okay. My wife saw it like against her will, right? She's not a fan, right? But if you remember from the movie, right, it's this monk or this priest, right? And he's trying to figure out a way to earn money so he can feed the orphans better food. So his best idea is to participate in Lucha Libre wrestling. And he he says, hey, I need a partner. We need a tag team, right? And so in the, as they're sitting in the locker room getting ready, I think they're facing like the devil's cavemen or Satan's cavemen. Ignacio is really worried about this. And he finds out his partner hasn't been baptized. And so instead of praying and engaging in debate and saying, hey, I really think you need to be saved, I really think you need to be baptized, he gets a bowl of water and sneaks up behind him Right, and gets the guy by the head and just quickly brings his face right to the water. <laughs> says, Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, can you imagine if it was that easy right, to save somebody? Right, just to bam. Right? Hopefully, if it was that easy, hopefully you would be getting a bowl of water and going to see some people tonight, right? <laughs> right, but it, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Uh, baptism doesn't save us, but it's a symbol and a reminder. Uh, the first thing we're going to look at is it's a symbol for what God has done. He has cleansed us from our sin. He has cleansed us from our sin. And Titus chapter 3, verses seven, uh, 4 through 7 says this, But then the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. It's another way to say Jesus the goodness and loving kindness of God. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, right? So think about your top 10, the most top 10 things you're proud of, whether it's your thoughts, your ideas, your actions. 
the things you could say, this is good, this is righteous. None of those can save. That's not a knock on you, but that's the supremacy of Christ. You can't save yourself. But he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Here it is. By washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified, we're going to talk about justified in a little bit, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Right, I, I love this verse. I love this verse. The idea that he has, he has washed us and regenerated us by his spirit. So that is the spiritual reality of what happens when we're saved. Right? We are justified before God. Our sins are cleansed. Right? And this happens when we believe. And, and when we're baptized, we're kind of celebrating and symbolizing that. And we go underwater. Right? The water, this water is a symbol as it washes our sin away. So I have another question. Maybe you can discuss it over dinner. Maybe not over dinner. Maybe after dinner. Um, what is the longest you have gone without a shower? Okay, maybe you don't want to talk about this one over dinner. Um, for me, I'll give you all a minute to think. I'll, I'll share some of mine. For me, um, I, I was able to go on a mission trip to Haiti in high school, and this was like nine days like out in the jungle. No running water, no electricity, and all, the only shower there was was a bucket and a cup. Right? And it's like June, July in Haiti. Like, this makes Houston look like a temperate, dry area, just humid, hot. When we all got back to the hotel, going back to the airport, everyone did the exact same thing. We just stood in the shower for like 30 minutes and just, right? Because we knew we were just filthy, right? It was hard to be around each other. Everybody, you know, was kind of distancing, you know? But what about you? Anybody have, anybody want to share? It's been a while. <laughs> is, um, is the streak active or is this like an old <laughs> story? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Does anybody want to it? Does anybody want to admit? The river counts. The river counts. Um, we'll do one more. Three. Uh, I got in the pool and took some short showers with my uh, swimming clothes on before I got in the pool. But other than that, I didn't take a shower. Okay. So, we had, so I had like a little over a week. We had two and then three weeks without a shower. Right. Now, this has all been the, the, the men. I don't know if there's any of the ladies that want to actually admit to this. So. Oh. Half a week? Okay. Okay, that, yeah, that starts to get the, 
everything going. Nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Might need to see some proof for nine months. Uh, So, uh, so I'm getting from this, Steve Jobs, Apple stinks. That's, that's not, probably not the right way to sum that up. So, so we've got a lot of experience in the room of what it feels like to just be gross and dirty and be in need, like to, to be cleansed, to be clean. Right? And that is, that's our spiritual state. Without Christ, we need to be cleansed. We need to be cleaned. And when we're saved, that's what happens. And, and baptism, is, baptism is a symbol of what has happened. Uh, so baptism doesn't save, but it is a symbol of what God has done. He has cleansed us from our sins. And next, we'll talk about that we are crucified with Christ. Now, I'll admit, growing up, this was a hard one to understand. Like, because the Bible says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's not I. Is Christ in me that lives, no longer I. Like, what does that really mean? Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not no longer I who live, but, G but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now have in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you might be wondering, if you're up on your history, Paul was never crucified. Right? He was beaten, he was shipwrecked, uh, he was martyred, but we don't believe he was ever physically crucified. And so Paul is talking metaphorically. He's not talking literally. In fact, he's talking in spiritual terms. He has been crucified with Christ. So, so let's dive into that a little bit. When Jesus died for us, right, he had committed no sin. He had never done anything wrong. He never thought anything wrong. He never did a wrong action. So he who was righteous died. So he's righteous, but he died. Then over here is me. Apart from him, I've done nothing but sin. I was born in sin. Right? The attitude of my heart is to be sinful. And the wages of that sin is, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So I, who have nothing to bring to the table but sin, 
approach this God who is righteous, and yet he died. So there's righteousness on this side, and then there is sin on this side. What happens when we believe in Jesus? The big theological word is justification. But it's, it's a switch. Jesus who died paid the legal penalty for all of my sin. Past, present, future. He paid that penalty. Right, so the stuff I haven't even thought up yet. Right? If, I, if I take a minute and just think about my worst bottom ten things in my life, Jesus already paid the penalty for that. So he died, he paid the penalty, and yet he is still righteous because he never sinned. So if, my, if the penalty for my sin has been paid, Jesus is now free to impart righteousness to me. That's what justification is. You've done nothing. You've brought nothing to the table. But Jesus has paid the penalty for those sins. And now that because your debt is paid, you can be called righteous. Think about that for a minute. Every time I think back in my life and go, man, there's, there's things I regret, things I said. Why did I think that? Because Jesus has already died for it. Right? God looks at me and he sees someone that is righteous because I am in Christ. That's what it means to be crucified with Christ. I haven't physically done anything, but spiritually, because I've believed in Jesus, I'm included in that. I am justified. So we have been cleansed from our sin. Right? We have been justified. We have been crucified with Christ. And thirdly, right, we are now counted as one of the congregation of believers. Right? I know the alliteration kind of run wild there. Right? But we are now counted as one of the congregation. And you think, where did he get that, that phrase? Where did he get that phrase? Um, if you have a Bible... We've bounced around a little bit. Please turn to Hebrews chapter 2. If you have a Bible, whether it's ink and paper or it's got cell service, uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, the author of Hebrews in this section is talking about Jesus' relationship to humanity, Jesus' relationship to angels. And in the midst of this, he says something that is, is so profound. I want you to see this. Hebrews 2, verse 11. For he who sanctifies, that is Jesus, and those who are sanctified, right, those who believe in Christ. So there's Jesus, and then there are those who believe in him. And those who are sanctified all have one source. That one source is Christ. It's because we are in Christ. We're not in ourselves. We're not in anything else. And if you underline, if you highlight, I want you to underline this next phrase. 
That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Think about that for a minute. Jesus Christ, right, the God of the universe, is not ashamed to call you brother, to call you sister. Right? And if you think about, oh, man, he, does he know what I've done? My bottom ten, all these things I've done, all these things I've said, thought, whatever. If you're in Christ, God is not ashamed to call you brother or sister. Right? This is not a God who is far away. This is a God who is close. If you are redeemed, he's, he calls you brother or sister, and he is not ashamed. He is not ashamed. Verse 12 says, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise. All right, so this is, this is the type of atmosphere that it is around Jesus. It is praise. If you are in Christ, he is not ashamed to call you brother or sister. Right, and so if, if we who have done nothing benefit, we have been justified Right, we now can draw near to God. Right, He's not ashamed to call us brother or sister. If God has no shame in calling us brother or sister, then we who are in Christ should have no shame declaring Jesus to those around us. Okay, and that, that is something that we need to remember uh, about baptism. Right, it's it's a bit of a public declaration. Right, I'm, I don't care who knows that I am part of part of the church, that I am part of Christ. Let everybody know, right? Because Jesus is not ashamed of us, so we can't be ashamed to tell Jesus, to, other, to tell others about Jesus. All right, so baptism doesn't save us, right? But it is a symbol of what God has done. He's cleansed us from all of our sin. We have been crucified with Christ. So we now have the righteousness of Christ in us. We are viewed as righteous, not because we've done anything good. There's no one thing you can do to, to be called righteous other than trust in Christ. And now we are counted as one of the congregation of believers. Right? God doesn't have a list of like, well, this, this person just kind of snuck in. He's on the, the C list of believers. That's the, that's the black sheep of the family. No, all are brothers and sisters. So it's a, a symbol. We're cleansed from our sin, crucified with Christ, counted as one of the congregation. And lastly, it's a reminder that we strive to submit to God. We don't, we don't go through baptism to, to get salvation, but it, it's just an act of obedience. God has called us to, to baptize those who believe, and so it's an act of obedience. And it's, it's also a bit of a symbol that, right, as you go down, like below the water, right, that, that kind of symbolizes death. You know, what do you mean, Death. Right, that's, that's the death of our, our old life, our old way, the old way of living. And as we rise up, we rise up to a new life in Christ. It's a symbol of that. And as you and I continue to walk in this new life, right, we're, we're walking towards Christ. 
We want to grow closer to Christ. As we grow closer to Christ, we kind of drift away from the ways of the world. The world just kind of falls behind. Not that we don't love and serve people in the world. I'm talking about just kind of the ways, the, the motivations, the passions of the world. Those fade away. And what happens as we do that? As you grow closer to Christ and move further away from the world, the world is going to take notice. Like, hey, why, why aren't they like us? And some are going to see that and go, and they'll, they'll want to be brought closer to Jesus. Others will see that and go, hey, we need to put a stop to that. Right? These, these people who are believing in Jesus and baptizing and, and living a certain way, like we, we need to put a stop to that. If you think I'm being kind of hyperbolic, right? In the U.S., persecution, most of us don't face any type of persecution beyond, like, name-calling, right? Maybe you've faced something beyond name-calling. But in the relationships I have, it usually boils down to, I can't believe a Christian would be so dumb as to believe X, Y, Z. That's pretty much most of the persecution we face here. Um, I, I want to show you a video from Voice of the Martyrs. Um, about what some people go through just because they have made that simple decision to follow Christ. They, they're living out that truth that they're cleansed from sin, they're crucified with Christ, they are counted among the congregation of God, they're trying to submit their lives, and they face extreme persecution. Um, my idea behind this was to try to, was really wrestling with the thought, what does it look like to get baptized in like an underground church in China? Or an underground church somewhere in Africa? And it makes sense. There's no pictures, there's no movies of someone getting baptized underground because it's underground, right? Can't let anybody know about it. There's one Huffington Post article from like 2014 uh, that has some pictures from inside like a Chinese church where people are getting baptized. The gospel is being taught. Right? But, but what we're about to do so freely, right? People around the world, right? They have to do it hidden in somebody's home, right? In the back of a building, right? It has to be something that they, right? They're still being in obedience to Christ, but there's, there's a cost that might come to it. So this is about four or five minutes. Um, this is in Pakistan. So you're going to hear a lot of Pakistani uh, language, and there are some subtitles. So I hope you can see the subtitles uh, from where we are. So. Oh, may need a little help, Thomas.
زمین اسمان کے خالق مالک تیرا شکر دا کرتے اس پیارے موقع کے لیے جی تنہیں میں زمین میں بخش دیا تیرا شکر دا کرتے ہیں اخدان دا اس صبح کے لیے اخدان دا کہ تنہیں ہماری زندگی میں بخشا کہ نہیں صبح دیکھ سکے اخدان دا اخدان تیرا شکر دا کرتے ہیں ان بچوں کے لیے اخدان دا Today in Pakistan, we Christians are second-class citizens. Though we have committed no crime, we are ostracized and banished to the lowest place in society. Often we are forced to leave our villages and our own homes. We cannot get good jobs. And we have no voice in government. What is left for us is servitude. Sewage work. And we know we will never advance. But we have a church, a place where Christians come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to sing His praise, to study His word. For while our country has turned its back on us, God has not. Sometimes it is not easy. The loss, the injustice. So please remember to pray for us. That we will continue to live together in fellowship. That we will continue to see the joy of the Lord in our lives that we will persevere in our faith no matter the cost. And please remember, we are praying for you.
And so there you see examples of people who have said, I'm going to follow Christ. And they're paying a, a dear cost. Right? And they're, they're going to continue to pay that cost. Right? The guy that was cleaning sewers. Um, I share this with you uh, because I, I work in kind of the sewage industry. If he was here stateside, he could probably be making 50 an hour plus time and a half and, and have proper equipment and all that. But because he's over in a different part of the world and he said, I want to follow Christ, he's now persecuted. And he says, I will still follow Christ even though I have to go through this. And you may wonder, why are we talking about worldwide persecution? It's a baptism. Okay? Like if, if you've been following the Lord for a long time, right, I want you to take a minute and just kind of remember right, that, that, that one day there could come a cost to following God. And I hope you have it within yourself to look to God for the grace to say, I, want to, I will follow God no matter what. And remember, when Jesus said, he is not ashamed to call you brother or sister. May we never become shameful that we are with Jesus. Right? So I, I, hope, I hope you will consider that and, and think on that. Um, I often think, you know, if I were put in a different situation, right, would I have gotten baptized so easy? Would I have you know, tell people that I'm a Christian so easy. So, this is, I know, kind of a little bit uh, took a turn there, but our big idea for tonight is that baptism does not save. It is a symbol and a reminder. It's a symbol of what God has done. He has cleansed us from our sin. We have been crucified with Christ. We are counted one of the congregation of believers, right? And it's a reminder that we strive to submit to God, right? And we strive to, to tell others about God. We strive to not be ashamed of God or the gospel. We strive not to be ashamed of anybody who would call themselves right, a believer. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we get to celebrate uh, with a baptism. God, I thank you for, uh, for Isaac and, and the Rodriguez family. God, I just thank you for the blessing that they are to, to me personally, to uh, this, this church family. Uh, God, I pray that you would uh, just watch over that family, continue to guide and guard them, Lord. Continue to root them in your word. Uh, continue to build up their faith, Lord, a faith that would not be shaken by anything, even, even if persecution would come, Lord. Let them be rooted deeply in your word and in your spirit. God, and I ask those same things for uh, us as a church family, Lord, that would be rooted in your word, that would be obedient to your spirit where it's leading us. God, I pray that we would not be ashamed to, to share the gospel or to, uh, to proclaim to others that we know you, Lord. God, I pray for more 
uh, Lord, to, to come to know you and, and to be baptized, Lord. God, I thank you for tonight. We thank you for your son. We thank you for his work on the cross and in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, we're going to all move out to the, the front patio area, uh, out to the, the baptismal area, and uh, we'll be out there and reconvene in just a few minutes. So we'll see you outside.